1: W-R-O-W, first on the dial in Albany, Schenectady,
2: and Troy. W-R-O-W temperature, 29 degrees. Radio
1: 59 time at 5.30.
3: And now, another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. In a
2: moment, Moonlight Sail by William N. Robeson.
4: Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. Winston gives you real flavor, full rich tobacco flavor. Winston's be drawing to the flavor comes right through to you. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should
1: modern filter? Sure, Winston has it. But that's only the beginning of a Winston. Up front, up where it really counts, Winston packs exclusive filter blend. Light, flavorful tobaccos, specially selected and specially processed for filter smoking. Filter blend. That's why it's fun to smoke Winston, America's best-selling filter cigarette.
4: Winston tastes good like a cigarette sugar.
1: called the Mediterranean Mare Nostrum, R C. For the past several years, I've made it my sea up to a point. At least there isn't a port between Gibraltar and the Suez Canal I haven't been in and out of without the knowledge of the harbor master. I was once a gob in the U.S. Navy, and the craft I skipper was once a PT boat in the U.S. Navy. Now, we can both be had for a price. If the price is right. That's Marius, my first mate and crew. I signed him on one night in a dive in Marseille after I'd come between him and a crazy Moroccan who wanted to give him a facelift with the broken end of a wine bottle. Marius may have a rather carefree code of ethics, but I know I can count on his loyalty, so long as I pay him regularly. There are the bells up on the Suquet, the old section of town. The sun is dipping toward the mountains of the Esterelle, and another day is drawing to a close on the glamorous and expensive French Riviera, where the pickings have been precariously lean for the cruiser Mockingbird and its men. Bonjour, monsieur. Ah, but who knows? Maybe this is our pigeon. Yeah, come aboard? Sure. What can I do for you? If you see that your boat is so high that's right. And are you free for this evening? Yes. Yes, I am. Good. Then I shall engage you. For what? Oh, just a boat ride, a moonlight sail. Where? Oh, just out and back. Why? <laughs> monsieur, am I engaging you or are you engaging me? I'd like to know what I'm getting into, that's all. Oh, it is merely, as I say, monsieur, a, a moonlight sail. A, a young lady whose cataculation is as uh, yet to
3: complete.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. Well, I'm not sure the mockingbird is very well rigged for your purpose. Mm, she looks adequate. Okay. What time? Uh, say 8 o'clock. You know the Villa Mouette on Perpentibre? The big place out by Eden Rock that rich American dame list for the summer? Mm, see sir. I'll be there. Oh, uh, one thing more, monsieur. Yes? How much? How long is it going to take you? Who, who knows? Two hours, three hours. One cannot put a time limit on these matters. Or... Yeah, I know. Say 10,000 francs for the evening. Agreed, monsieur. At uh, 8 o'clock, then? Eh? At 8 o'clock. That's Steve. I do not like it. But, my friend, a buck is a buck. Or, as we say in France, 400 francs is 400 francs. Uh, Make past that bow line, Marius. I am, monsieur le Capitaine. Well, monsieur le Capitaine, you are on time. Part of our service, monsieur. Say, you never told me your name. Oh, forgive me. It is Effoyer. Jacques Effoyer. And this is mademoiselle Adèle. Well, glad to have you aboard, Miss Adele. Thank
4: you, sir.
1: Any special place you wanted to go, monsieur Effoyer? Uh, Yes, uh, head her straight south. South? Yes, to Africa. I was beginning to dislike this puny little Frenchman with his shifty eyes, but I didn't give him any argument. He was paying for the evening, and if he wanted to ride toward Africa, I'd head south for a little while. The girl sat huddled on one side of the foredeck, her back turned to the Frenchman, and he leaned against the rail, watching her, tense, like a black cat ready to pounce. Then, for a moment, he... Look at his gaze as he turned into the window to light a cigarette. Adele leaped to her feet, ran a stern, and climbed into the wheelhouse.
4: Captain, where are you going Where's Chuck? Is he all right?
1: Chuck? Who's Chuck?
4: My fiancée. Is he badly hurt? I'm
1: sorry. I don't know what you're talking about, lady. Right? you must not let yourself get so upset.
4: But I thought you know, and you won't tell me anything. You
1: will know everything in good time. And anyway, the capitaine knows nothing. Now, now, come along with me. But this is... Crazy. I said with me, we are nearing our destination. Oh... With a yank that nearly pulled her arm from its socket, he hauled Adele out of the wheelhouse and back forward. Marius looked at me and shrugged. C'est la vie. C'est la You know what I think, Steve. Not until you tell me. This fellow is not in love with this girl. No. Yes. Well, what are you going to do? Yes, but who is this chap? Who is so badly hurt? And what is this destination this fellow said we were approaching? Who knows? It's his boat ride. He paid for it. Yes, but Steve, I'd like to. What's that? the... Hey, look, he's pushing her over.
2: Help!
1: I made it to the foredeck just in time to grab the struggling girl before she went over the side. She was too shaken to speak, but the Frenchman wasn't tongue tied. Oh, thank you, Captain. Thank you. Sir trying to throw herself overboard. I struggled to prevent her, but she was too strong for me. If it had not been for you... David, to... I saw how it happened. Oh. Get aft to the wheelhouse. I want you where I can keep my eye on you. Both of you.
4: Thank you, Captain.
1: He... He's trying to push me overboard. I know. Marius? We will, Captain. Swing her around. We're going in. Two, three, look, Captain. All ahead. The sooner I drop this cargo, the happier I'll be. Nobody said anything for the next few minutes. The girl was too shaken to talk, and the Frenchman was figuring his next move. Marius held the wheel, driving the Mockingbird across the moon-drenched water at top speed. And I stood by to prevent further mayhem. Captain, I feel I owe you an explanation. You don't owe me anything but 10,000 francs for the evening's outing. All oh, that, you know. Yes, uh, here you are. Thank you. And uh, nevertheless, I feel I must explain. You see, my wife... Your uh...
4: wife? What kind of a story oh, is that? I
1: tell, my dear. And I
4: am not your dear. Captain, I, I hardly know this man. He's a friend of Mrs. Dawson, my fiancé's mother. Huh? Mrs. Dawson received words this evening that Chuck had been hurt, skin diving over on St. Margaret Island. He's was asking for me. Well, this man was a guest for dinner. He offered to get a boat and take me to Chuck, but. But he tried to drown me. He tried to push me overboard. You saw it yourself, Captain. Now,
1: look, I don't want to get mixed up in this. You've had your ride, and now the party's over. I'll take the wheel, Marius. We move, Capitaine. Stand by to make fast the bow, Pender. We Capitaine. I'll speed to fast, mon Capitaine. Very well. You first, Monsieur F.Y.A. I was beginning to worry. Who's that?
4: Mr. Dawson, my fiancée's mother. Did everything go off? Uh, sir, what are you doing here? Didn't you expect to see me come back? Well, yes. I, I mean, no. I, I thought you'd be with Chuck. Hey, we never went near the island. Your friend, Monsieur F.Y.A., tried to drown me. Oh, uh, oh, I'm sure you must be mistaken, my dear. Well, anyway, I have good news. They phoned me from the island. Chuck is perfectly all right, and they're bringing him home. Oh, thank God. When will he get here? Well, later, and maybe not until morning. So come along, my dear. You look terribly tired. I am. And then you go straight away to bed. I'll call you the moment Chuck gets home.
1: You see, Capitaine, it is necessary to humor her fantasies. Otherwise, she becomes quite violent. Yeah. Cast off, Marius. Let's get out of this joint. We headed back to Cannes, taking a bearing on the white frosted walls of the Palm Beach Casino. But I couldn't get that girl out of my mind. She didn't sound crazy. She didn't act crazy. And there was no doubt about it, the Frenchman had been pushing her over the side. And the woman, Mrs. Dawson, whoever she was, seemed not only surprised but furious to see the girl. I knew it was none of my business, but that's the way I am. back the captain? We crept into a quiet cove, a quarter mile east of the villa. And I left Marius at an Anchor Watch and made my way back to the house along the silent moon-dappled road. It was a big villa, surrounded by formal gardens, a rambling Mediterranean house dominated by a round watchtower which looked out to sea. There were no lights on the landward side, so I made my way through the shadows toward the water and soon heard the low buzz of voices. There they were. Mrs. Dawson and Jack standing on the terrace which faced the sea. You were highly. There I was, not six you feet away from them, knows hidden behind I'm an acacia bush. Not. All that you see is true, Madame.
4: Well, then perhaps you can explain your failure.
2: All would have gone well had it not been for that American bookkeeper.
4: Excuse me, excuse What could I do? He heard her scream. You shouldn't have permitted her to scream. Madame Dawson, have you ever killed anyone? Of course not. Then you are in no position to criticize me. That girl must not marry my son. I understand that. Tonight. You said you'd do it tonight. I but... Well, there is still time. Chuck's over in Monte Carlo at the casino... That boy loves roulette. He won't be home until three or four o'clock in the morning. You still have time. But here in the
1: villa, this is a different matter
4: than a pounding at sea. You're a most uninventive assassin, Monsieur. Madame, look. Her bedroom in the tower. You see that balcony up there? Yes. That's her room. The only one in the tower that's occupied. And look beneath the balcony. A sheer drop of nearly a hundred feet to the rocks below. In the morning, her body will be found on the rocks—an unfortunate accident.
1: I see, Madame. And may I say one thing? Yes. Of you should be in my line of work. You would do well at silently to the road. As I ran back to the Mockingbird, I worked out a rough plan for the rescue of the fair maiden from her dungeon tower. The light in the tower room was still on. Marius eased the Mockingbird toward the base of the tower until its cow punched into the sand between a couple of rocks.
3: You're going to play that?
1: Steve. It doesn't look too bad, Marius. Up that bank of the terrace, and up those vines if they're strong enough, and onto the roof. After all, that tower was never designed to repel invaders was built to look old and quaint. And you see those stones sticking out of the stucco every now and again? Yes. They look close enough to be useful as a ladder. All right, give me the coil of rope. There you are. And you know what you have to do down here. I know. Oh, the light just went out. I got to get moving. Who show, Steve. Yeah. Well, thanks. This part of the climb was a cinch. The vines were old and sturdy, but the whimsical uh, architect who embedded those picturesque stones in the tower had never intended them to serve as a ladder. A couple of times I was sure that they would find my body along with Adele's on the rocks in the morning. But I finally made the balcony, scratched, bleeding, and scared. But not half as scared as Adele.
4: Who's there? Who is
1: just listen. We haven't got much time. But listen what? to me. Chuck is all right.
4: Oh, thank God. He
1: isn't hurt. He's at the casino at Monte Carlo right now. Oh, don't you know. were right about the Frenchman. He tried to drown you, and in just a minute, he'll try to push you off the balcony. But why? Mama doesn't want any little girls playing around her little boy. We've got to get you out of here, and there's only one way over the balcony. Come on.
4: Oh, but I can't.
1: There's no time to get prettied up. Just come as you are. Come, come on. on. got out of bed and came out to the balcony with me. I dropped a light line that I'd carried up with me. Marius fastened it to a coil of three-quarter inch manila, which I pulled up and looped over the railing of the balcony. Then I tied a French bowline on the end to make an improvised bosun seat, and Adele stepped into it. I helped her over the edge of the railing, waved to Marius, and he began to lower the terrified girl to the rocks. As she disappeared from sight, I heard the door of the room open softly behind me. I turned as the Frenchman quietly entered and tiptoed over to the bed. Then, your pigeon's flown the coop, monsieur. You, you, well, you I... ought to thank me. This is the second time tonight I've kept you from committing murder. Let me go. With this expression of disapproval, he went for me. I crouched, ready to flip him across the room with my best judo. But this Frenchman fought with his feet. It was I who flipped. Act of Suspense. Welcome, recording star Mel Torme.
3: It's terrible trying to sing with a bad cold.
4: So I always take four way cold tablets to relieve cold miseries fast.
1: Good idea. Tests of all the leading cold tablets proved four way fast acting. 4 starts in minutes to relieve muscular pains, headache, reduce fever, calm, upset stomach. Also overcomes irregularity. When you catch cold, try my way. Take Four-Way cold tablets. fast way to relieve cold distress and feel better quickly. Four-Way, only 29 cents. Our program will continue in
2: a moment after a word about another fine product of Grove Laboratories. Does dandruff dull your hair, leave scalp itchy? Get Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo and get rid of unsightly dandruff in three minutes. Three minutes with Fitch regularly is guaranteed to keep embarrassing dandruff away forever. Apply Fitch before wetting hair. Rub in one minute. Add water. Lather one minute. Rinse one minute. Every trace of dandruff goes down the drain. Three minutes with Fitch. Unsightly dandruff's gone. Fitch can also leave your hair up to 35% brighter. Pitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo.
1: I was out, not long, but long enough for him to get out on the balcony and take in Adele's improvised elevator. I shook my head gradually to see him hacking away at the rope with a pocket knife. I jumped him, yanked him away from the rope. He leaped to his feet and came at me with a knife, pushing me back against the railing. I fought off the knife hand, but it came closer and closer to my throat. And then he lost his balance just a fraction, and just enough for me to use judo. And he flipped over the balcony and down, down to the rocks below. I clambered over the railing and went down the rope, hand over hand. Adele stood trembling, staring at the silent feet that was the Frenchman's body. Come on, Adele. We've got to get out of here.
4: It could have been me. It could have been me. That's right. <laughs>
1: Give me a hand. Get her aboard, reward, Mary. <laughs>
4: Come
1: along, Adele. Easy now. All right. There. There we are. Now you just lay back and rest. Who's
4: down there? What's going
1: on down there? Uh-oh, I was afraid she'd hear that scream. Fire her up, Marius. Scream, Capitan.
4: Stop or i shoot. All ahead,
1: flank, Marius. All ahead, flank, Capitan. No wonder she hired a Frenchman to do her killing for her. She can't shoot for sour apples. Down the three mile limit as fast as the mockingbird would go, which is plenty. Then we headed east toward Monte Carlo. The lights of the Boulevard des Anglais twinkled like a jeweled necklace along the waterfront of Nice. But we were safe out here. In case Mrs. Dawson had alerted the Niceoise Harbor Patrol to intercept us, slipped astern in the dark bulk of Cape Ferrand and then the little town of Beaulieu. At last we rounded Cape Dying. There ahead rose the white facade of Monte Carlo, tittering with lights. We slipped into the territorial waters of Monaco, safe from the French authorities. Where shall I drop the anchor, Steve? We haven't got time. Tie up at the customs here.
3: The customs?
1: Sure, we're not carrying contraband this time. You don't have to smuggle as pretty a girl as Adele into Monaco. We tied up at the customs, dock under the astonished gaze of the guard who had emerged from his red and white striped sentry box. Uh, Pardon, monsieur.
4: Uh, You have a landing for me? Not
1: yet. We're in a hurry. Uh, But is your find... Yeah, I I know, I know. I'll be back. Meanwhile, you guard my boat, huh? Uh, Monsieur... You see, we're refugees from France. Oh? An affair d'amour. Oh, well, in that case, passez, monsieur. Passez. The terrace of the casino and stood outside looking through the windows of the Salon Privé. It was crowded, as usual, with beautifully gowned women and men in evening dress, intent upon the roulette and baccarat and chinanteur. Adele peered anxiously, trying to find her boy in the crowd.
4: There's so many people I
1: can't find. Well, then let's go in.
4: Like this? With your peacoat over my nightdress? And in there, see feet? Oh,
1: start a new fashion. Oh, see. No, I mean it.
4: <laughs> but my hair is such a mess.
1: <laughs> oh, well, in that case. <laughs> oh, there he is. Huh? I see him. Where?
4: Over there by the big roulette table. See, the tall blonde?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go get him. Keep an eye on her, Marius. Soyez, I'm to Steve. We did not bring her this far to let her get
2: away,
4: eh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What a monsieur. Let's
3: resume, monsieur Adam. dame. C'est that word double zero. C'est that word double zero. What a monsieur. Let's monsieur Adam. We have a flu. Your name is Johnson? Yeah.
1: What? Someone wants to see you outside on the terrace. I'll vote. Surprise. <laughs> what is this? Come along.
3: Hey, wait a minute. I
1: got a lot riding on 17 Red. I got a lot more riding out on the terrace, Adele. What? Come on. Is that rouge, Monsieur! Monsieur Dauphin!
4: Put that way! I gave it! Hey, ain't Adele. Oh, Chuck! <laughs> Chuck, I, I, I never thought I'd see you again.
1: Well, what is this? What's this all about? Well, there'll be plenty of time for explanations later. The important thing is, do you want to marry this girl? Of course I do. Well, then, I suggest you do it right away and in Monte Carlo, where the authorities take a dim view of murdering mothers-in-law and kidnapping skippers.
2: You've been listening to Moonlight Sail, written for Suspense by William N. Robeson. In a moment, the names of our players and a word about next week's story of Suspense.
3: Are you out of tune due to irregularity? Then help yourself get back in tune with Kellogg's oil brand. Pleasant, isn't it? The feeling of well-being you get when constipation from lack of bulk is no longer a worry. When harsh, irritating drug laxatives can be thrown away. Because Kellogg's oil brand is the normal, natural way to regularity. Its whole brand content gentles away constipation supplies your system with the bulk-forming food you need for youthful regularity. And it tastes good, too. Fact is, Kellogg's All-Brand is the one and only whole-brand cereal that combines proved effectiveness with appetizing taste and crispness. So if you're out of tune, help yourself get back in tune as millions do with Kellogg's All-Brand. A-double-L-hyphen-B-R-A-N. Kellogg's All-Brand.
2: Heard in tonight's story were Frank Thomas Jr. as Steve, Louie Van Rooten as Jacques, Joan Lazer as Adele, and Ethel Owen as Mrs. Dawson. Others included Jack Manning, Jim Bowles, Sam Raskin, and Guy Rep. A sober word about this holiday season. Keep in mind, all through the holiday season, highways are dangers. Slow, steady, and sober will see you safely through... And listen again next week when we return with Zero Hour, Ray Bradbury's chilling story of the day the children take over the world. Another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. On
4: CBS Radio.